0: Chaotic Navigation.
1: Guys, Thanks for joining us here at the Chaotic Navigation Podcast. I am the beacon in the storm and navigator about discussions, about ideas, health, safety, security, as well as being prepared for natural and man-made disasters. With a 30-plus year history, experience base in emergency management and high-value security, I bring you some ideas that I hope will invoke some critical thinking and research on the topics I discuss. I do want to take just a minute to give a huge shout out to my wonderfully supportive family, all my friends friends both new and old my fellow Alaskans and good evening my fellow Americans I greatly appreciate them and appreciate all of you for checking out the show and consistently constantly reaching out and letting me know what's up advice or information offered either by the host or any guest is for advisory purposes only listeners are advised to engage in their own research and investigation for skill improvement based on their particular situation or conditions Outlaw Thoughts are the sole opinion of the host and may not represent the opinions of the Alaska Outlaw Productions LLC or its affiliated shows, sponsors, distribution agents, or advertisers. This show is the product of the United States of America, and therefore, some express citizen rights and freedoms may not apply. Check applicable federal, state, and local laws for application of this information. No part of the show may be used without the express written permission of the Alaska Outlaw Productions LLC. All requests for more information may be sent directly to Alaska Outlaw Productions LLC via email at info at akaoutlaw.com. Right. Take it away, Pink. I'm coming up, so you better get this what? What is that I hear? You got mail. Ah, yes, the infamous mailbag. All right, what do we got here today? What do we got? All right, Anthony from Minnesota asks, "What about just using rainwater or some other natural resource?" Hey. Great idea, Anthony. Um, The only thing I would caution us is depending on what your emergency is. Okay? Depending on what's going on. I mean, if you got something up in the air that's going to come down, that's going to pollute your water system. And, you know, what's your collection tool? And, again, going back to the same question, you know, is it clean? Are you going to get some other stuff that you're going to have to filter out? Well, we'll talk about all that stuff here today. So, great, great way to get this thing started. Awesome job. Thanks, Anthony. Great question. All right. Deidre from South Dakota says, how can you ensure your water is safe? Well, there's a bunch of ways, Deidre. The first thing, obviously, is to protect it, right? Um, You're going to store it in a container. Um, You're going to use, you know, filtering methods um you know iodine tablets whatever um but you're going to constantly just maintain it um the other thing that a lot of people don't know is you want to make sure that you you rotate your water so that you've got some longevity with it um, because water can go bad just like anything else um so how long are you going to store it great question All right, Mike. Mike from Virginia asks, how much is enough water? Um, In the aged old answer, um, too much is never enough. Um, Basically, you need a gallon per person per day, okay? Um, And that includes any pets. So if you've got a dog, you need a gallon for the dog as well. So how much of that can you store? How much of that can you store you know, safely where you've got some kind of rotation schedule going on because that's going to be your, your bigger Achilles heel when it comes to having that much water on hand. Great question. All right, Susan from Oklahoma. Comparing water against Gatorade, doesn't Gatorade give you more? Yes and no. Yes, it does allow us to balance out electrolytes. It's a great thing. But longevity-wise and utility-wise, water's your best choice. Um, A lot of the Gatorades and whatnot, as much as I love them, just like everybody else, part of their tool is, you know, uh, sticky substances. They're going to use, you know, some form of sweetener, sugar uh, that's going to create. So, Again, its utilitarian use is limited. Great question. All right, Frank from Pennsylvania finishes out the set with his questions. Streams should be good, right? Frank, yes, unless (laughs) the age-old answer, and that is that you know you get uh, flooding. Yeah, your streams are useless. Because they're full of floodwater. Um, they could be backing up floodwater. All kinds of things can go wrong with a stream. So, again, just know what your resources are. Know what you're dealing with. Know what the emergency is or the disaster is. So, that should help you. All right. Hey, those were great questions to all those who sent them in. If I didn't get to your questions, really sorry about that. But don't worry. I'm sure we'll touch on this topic again as it's really relevant to the requirement for survival. Alrighty then, we're back for another exciting adventure here on the Chaotic Navigator Podcast. I am the Alaska Outlaw, and today I'd like to talk about the third in a series of our Fab Five by discussing the three days without water. In addition, we need to consider the acquisition of usable water for multiple uses. It's going to have in keeping us alive, really, keeping us functional. And we'll talk about some of those after effects of dehydration. Uh, It gets ugly pretty fast. So, But before we get after today, I'd like to make sure that for those of you who need peace and harmony or help in making sense of life just be sure to check out the Alaska Ulf Hefnar podcast at https colon slash slash dot After 30 years of spiritual searching and discovery, he has arrived home. Check out his theories of finding peace and harmony with a true understanding of coexistence and universal love. There is some great stuff there for you. Well, as you all know, each week, we uh, look at a different facet of what being prepared looks like in the real world of every day. It is absolutely awesome, as usual, to be back here with you guys for another exciting adventure of discovery and obtaining the superpower of common sense. Today, I just want to put a new lens on the old eyeballs and look at this topic with a different perspective, okay? Okay. That's really what I'd like to get you guys to, you know, hopefully do some critical thinking, put some thoughts in there for yourself. All right, so segment one, we're going to talk about the necessity of staying hydrated. Okay, we're going to talk about dehydration and those types of things, especially when exerting ourselves in a survival type situation. Those are going to be critical, okay? Segment two, we'll talk about special considerations we should consider when storing or acquiring water from unknown sources. And that includes I'm going to go a little bit further with storing water. It's a big thing. And uh, just want to make sure everybody stays safe. So we'll talk about that. All right. And finally, segment three, we'll think about how to ensure that we are covered for our preps. Uh, for regardless of what happens and we've talked about it before and I'm sure we're going to talk about it a hundred million more times and that's this whole idea behind a dual events okay and so they can really throw us out in the left field uh, sometimes so we really got to kind of think about kind of dual dual things going on uh, some of the other considerations that we're going to talk about today is the difference between heat and cold a lot of people don't think that being cold uh requires a whole lot of water well i'm here to tell you it requires just as much as being hot so all right well we'll be back right after the short message Chaotic navigation. Chaotic navigation. <laughs> have visual on target. Welcome back to chaotic navigation. chaotic navigation. Alrighty then, and welcome back. All right, so as I mentioned in segment one here, I want to talk about the necessity of staying hydrated, especially when exerting ourselves for survival. What a lot of people don't think about when we're talking about being in a survival situation and we're talking about thirsty is that water
0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void word prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: We're exerting ourselves, you know, if we're having to unbury things, if we're having to, you know, uh, constantly keep moving, you know, or, or moving things around. Um, all of these things, maybe even moving sandbags. If you're, you know, sandbagging the... the front door or whatever all of these exertion uh things take more water um one of the other things that you got to remember is mental stress is just or can be just as a a powerful of a driving force as physical exertions so you're stressing out things are getting harried um whatever that can cause the same amount of uh uh, water usage as as if you were actually actually having to go out there and and cut down trees and everything um so the uh um the other factor when we talk about dehydration is we're primarily usually when people are discussing this topic is they're talking about the environment right it's, it's so hot And when it's so hot, um, we get more thirsty because we're trying to cool ourselves down. We may even uh, do something silly like pouring water on ourselves to cool our body temperature, get back down under where we need to be. All good things. However, there's a requirement of water. And when you're running short on water, this now becomes a problem. So... We're going to talk about in the next segment. We'll talk a little bit more about the the sources where we can get some water, even when you know things may be looking pretty grim for the water situation. There's all kinds of, of ways that we can do that. But uh, the thing to know about dehydration it's it can happen very quickly. And and everyone I've ever spoke to who's who's experienced a case of of dehydration, especially extreme dehydration. The first word out of their mouth is they're real surprised how fast it happened, right? Um, So it's going to cause, you know, as ultimately extreme thirst, obviously fatigue, and ultimately we're going to get organ failure. Your body's going to start shutting down and then death, you know, yeah, and you can go from feeling thirsty and slightly sluggish on the first day with no water to having organ failure by the third. Now, dehydration doesn't affect everyone the same way. It just doesn't, okay? Um, many people are, are more, you know, have a little bit more water uh, content, um, whatever the case. they can They can absorb a little bit more, go a little bit longer. You can train your body as well to go without water for longer periods, but again, you you gotta you gotta have water. So you know um, you need, like I said, um, everyone recommends, and I recommend you know buffering it if you can, but a gallon of water per person per day, and that includes should include pretty much all of your water needs. Um, you know, as an example, I drink, uh, 32 ounce bottles of water and I'll drink maybe two in a day. So it's about half a gallon in a day is what I'm drinking. It doesn't include, you know, brushing my teeth. It doesn't include a shower if I need one of those or anything else. So so, the idea, you know, like, you got three days, okay? But there are some factors that obviously are going to continue to, uh, we're going to see things like age, different age levels need different water, activity levels, obviously, your overall health to start this game with. Um, you know, if you get into a disaster and you're in, yeah, kind of sad health, um, that's going to have other things. Uh, consider obviously body factors such as height and weight and sex, um, your gender. It does play a role. And yes, I will say your biological gender, um, it will play a, f- a role in how your body, how much water your body needs. So, um, you know, if you eat more water rich, uh, you can get water out of fruits. We'll talk a little bit about this in the next section, but I mean, there are ways to get around, um, absolutely being without water. Um, so those are, uh, some of the bees. The thing you guys got to remember is, you know, if you get something like case of dysentery, um, that's going to throw your electrolytes into the toilet with, you know, your, your runs there, no pun intended. And, essentially you're going to get real thirsty real fast um for uh those of you out there who may be either a type one or type two uh blood sugar starts getting a little high you're going to get thirsty okay a lot of different factors are going to come into play um when we talk about dehydration now Almost everybody talks about sweating, 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 sweaty, out in the hot. And again, this goes back to the hot discussion. And yeah, okay, it's it's a valid argument. You're going to sweat more when it's hot. Conversely, if you're bungled up three times the Mars because it's 40 below outside, and then you start getting you know, active, same effect. You can sweat in 40 degrees degrees below zero, uh, in, you know, in under, you know, three or four layers or however you're dressed to be out in that weather. Okay. So a lot of factors are going to come into play. Um, you know, when we talk about frostbite, um, frostbite is actually the water in your cells in your skin, the water in the cells are freezing. That's what causes frostbite. Okay. So, the longer you obviously get um, your fingers exposed to bitter, bitter cold, the more ice is going to build up in the cells. So, so what's it used for? It's used for regulating body temperature, obviously aiding in digestion, forming saliva, and breaking down food, obviously in your mucus uh, membranes in the nose, helping to balance the pH uh, potential hydrogen of the body lubricating joints in the spinal cord helping the brain to make and use certain hormones helping transport toxins out of the cells eliminating waste through the urine and breath delivering oxygen throughout the body without water the body is unable to function correctly and will begin to stop working I mean it is what it is so, the key here, water. Um, I know that sounds simplistic. I know it sounds easy. Um, you can uh, get into a real bad shape in a real quick hurry. So, the big key here is is to make sure that when we talk about our preps, and we'll talk about this in the third section, but um, you really want to think about, you know once that water store that you got built up runs out what's what's our next you know how can we get that cuz that's something you just don't want to be without um so um in in some cases i mean it may be all you got so want to make sure you you definitely uh if you're trying to get calories in your body you know you need to eat you need water to digest it so you want to make sure you've got plenty of water on hand. I can't I can't speak heavenly enough about it. I can also say that water doesn't have all this other silly stuff in it. So you're getting, you know, the raw nutrients and the raw lubrication of your your joints and whatnot in in each drink. You don't get all the sugar and all the other garbage that some of these n- n- healthy drinks uh, put in there. So you want to make sure that you, you've you got lots of water around. All right. We'll be right back after this quick message. We now have visual on target. Welcome back to Chaotic navigation. Chaotic Navigation. All right. And welcome back. Thanks for taking that quick break with us. When we left, we just kind of finished talking about the, uh, wow, man, my brain is tired. Maybe I need a drink of water, huh? Um,
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? is necessary.
1: Talking about the, you know, some of the necessities. What's why is it important to remain hydrated? And uh, we had talked about, you know, particularly in dehydration, while many and most speak of it as a warm temperature uh, injury, we need to also consider that it can be a cold energy or, you know, a cold environment. Uh, injury as well Uh, you can become very dehydrated even in snow Um, so just things to think about and things to kind of keep in mind Um, it's while again the lion's share of people who experience dehydration will be in warm weather uh, it can happen in cold as well so just something to think about all right so in this section i want to talk about some special considerations we should consider when storing our water as well as acquiring water from unknown sources and this is where i'm going to address some of the questions we got at the beginning of the show where talk about rainwater and we talk about gathering rainwater and gathering water uh, from streams and and the like and all's well and good, and it's really a great source. I always have a filter anyway, irrelevant of where I get water, um, some kind of filtering. But it de- really depends. I mean, you know, if we're talking about, as an example, worst-case scenario, we're, we're talking about nuclear fallout in the rain, where you get an acid rain. It's not going to be a very healthy choice to be collecting rainwater okay so again what's in the air Um, because all of that gets tied up into you know what's coming down so we got heavy smoke in the air we got volcanic ash in the air all of these things um, are going to be attached into this rainwater and they're going to have to be um, some of it may be able to be filtered out some of it may not so it's just things to think about when we talk about our sources of water one of the other things we talk a lot about, uh, or you 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 hear about a lot in the survival magazines and the survival s- circles, is this idea about getting getting water from cactuses and and other uh, living things on the earth. Yes, absolutely, but understand where it is. Um, have a friend uh, who uh was hitchhiking um was in i think he was in new mexico somewhere i believe if i remember the story correctly and he went through this situation where he had no water so he cracked open a um a, a barrel cactus which was right right there by the roadside and <coughs> excuse me drank the water, um, you know, that was in it, was able to get some water, tasted funny, he thought, hmm, that's kind of weird, uh, took about 12, maybe 20 steps, and passed out, and laid there until somebody found him, uh, took him to the emergency room, and he had carbon monoxide poisoning, um, and so, um, because the barrel cactus was so close to the road, all the mufflers that went by just kind of fed a little bit into its, its processing. So, again, bad, bad for humans, anyway. So, think about placement when we talk about um, gathering from life support. You know, is it near a, a toxic waste plant? Eh, probably not the idea place to go gathering water from, Right. Again, same thing. Um, when we talk about storing water, and is you know, I get this question all the time, and that is oh, you know, how good is how long is water good for? How can we store it? Um, I change every bottle of water that I've done out of the tap. Um, my wife and I, pretty religious about it we've got a bunch of milk jugs we've washed them out really good and they store water and we have them all in different places and we have to we change them out <coughs> quarterly so every three months we change all the water and everything's on rotation so we have our, our blue group and we have our red group and we have our green group and we have a yellow group and orange group and all of the the milk jugs that were filled on that day which is how it works we dump we fill them up again so every three months whether they need it or not this prevents it from getting uh a stagnant and you know slackish for lack of a better word um and then they're stored in a cold dark cool dark place. So they're out of the way um, and, and stored in, in good condition. We have water s- stored at very low uh, altitude. It's below ground here on our property in Anchorage. We have some that's stored you know, in the attic. Uh, and so, again, we're trading them out every three months. Making sure the fresh water is in the bin, Um, and then you know we have for every bottle of water that we store, we have two iodine tabs. Kind of, they're in little packets and they're taped to the side of the container. We know that by you know once we bust them out, they're they're going to be pretty good, but not as good as we'd like. So. We we know the drill. So again, it it comes down to storing water. When we talk about um, gathering water, and and we've talked about the streams and the rivers and and freshwater sources, obviously, because everybody needs to remember. If you don't remember, I'm here to tell you, desalination in the ocean is there's extra steps to that. So <laughs> you know, make sure um you don't say oh not a problem i live by the seashore yeah no bad um so you don't want to drink salt water so find a fresh water source um and you know that's where you're going to be you always want to look at running water versus stagnant water um for those of you who are not familiar um Running water is going to, most often than not, it's being filtered as it comes down the stream or river or whatever. Um, So it's being filtered a little bit just in, you know, all the sediment and everything in the water. And so it's usually a much better source than finding a a lake, which is more stagnant for the most part. Um, Much larger, obviously, um, but nonetheless still stagnant. So be, be cautious of your sources if you do wind up getting into one of those types of sources or you know that's your only source be ready with some filtering what are you going to do to filter you know activated charcoal the whole nine steps uh of of going through uh some type of filtering system these are the things you're going to want to do um you know the thing i i really like uh a couple of years ago, actually, I guess it's been a decade or so ago now, but we bought a, a KitchenAid um, refrigerator and when I first bought it, I thought, yeah, this is really great. You know, it's big, it's, but then uh, we found they had a, a filtering, a water filtering system that filters the ice cubes and it. it filters, it's got a water spout in it and it filters the water and i was like wow that's really cool and then i figured out how i could actually pull in other you know i could get a siphon pump and the generator to run the the fridge that will could also run this uh purifier pump so just steps you may have to take all right we'll be right back after this message Chaotic navigation. chaotic navigation We now have visual on target Welcome back to chaotic Navigation Chaotic Navigation Alrighty, hey, welcome back Thanks for taking that quick break with us Alright, so segment two We talked a little bit about some storage ideas Maybe some ways to manage the stored water you have um, we also talked about collecting water and how, you know, just things to think about, kind of put into your processing as far as, hey, my plan is to gather water when that time comes.
0: With Lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest
0: registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: And I need to do this. What are some of the things that may affect me doing that successfully? In this segment, I want to talk about our preps. And what I mean by our preps is when we we've talked about storing water but let's now i want to include a little bit about staging water cuz that's another big piece of this and and again regardless what happens you got to kind of be able to roll with it a little bit now you're going to get your 1 gallon milk jugs at uh, at you know if you got kids or even if you're a milk fan um you're going to get your 1 gallon milk jugs Or maybe uh, one gallon juice jugs, you know, whichever. And what I do is my wife and I, um, we get together um, enough for our family for three days. So remember, we go back to the math. It's a gallon a day per person. So we have two kids here at home with us now. So it's four gallons a day. Four gallons a day times three, we need 12 gallons of water. So we get a bundle of 12, 12 gallons, and we mark them all with a color. And this that's how we do it, okay? Mark them all with a color, and we say, all right, this is our blue, blue section. We'll fill all the milk jugs on a singular day, and we'll store them, okay? We have... Uh, here in Alaska we don't really have a basement we have a crawl space beneath the house we don't really have like attic we just have the you know uh, area above the ceiling on the second floor how's that <laughs> it's not real certainly not livable okay so it doesn't really have a floor per se except for the ceiling of the next floor so um but we can, and so we've got you know a set down in the crawl space, we've got a set up in the attic, we got a set out in the shed, we got a set in the garage, and we have set here in the house as an example, okay. And so these are on rotation, so we know every three months we're going to, um, you know, we start with our blue, we swap out blue, a week later, we swap out the red. A week later we swap out the green. A week later, yellow and then orange. And it's and we do it every three months. Okay? Now that doesn't include the bottled water we have staged around the house all over all over. And it doesn't include that, but it does include these one gallon milk jugs that we filled up. Why do I do this? Well, the the main goal for me is that you know, here in Alaska, I don't really worry about tornadoes. So I'm not really prepped for that. I have a very loose idea that I'll ever see a tsunami. Although they do happen. Um, tsunami, tidal wave, whatever you guys want to call it. Um, typhoon, hurricane, all those, uh, without the wind, um, is a tsunami usually? Um, anyway, uh, if it floods out, my first floor. I have stores on my second floor and the attic that I can get to. And okay, so we're still okay. We're living on the second floor of our house right now, and we're we're living like that for you know however long it takes to get the all the water go away. Okay, so those are that's kind of how i think so when we talk about staging for those of you who may live in tornado alley there in the middle of the country um storing water down in the basement or you know down in your your root cellar whatever you're going to use to hide from a tornado should a tornado um touch down Hurricanes, hurricanes bring floodwaters. They always do. They bring torrential rains. Um, so you're up on second floor um, just to make sure you're safe, um, depending on, how, you know, your altitude and all that. Again, same concept. Um, you are, you know, you, you're preparing for what you think is going to happen. What's your most probable natural disaster that you're going to experience? And, and so... Starting from there. For us, it's an earthquake. Um, we're pretty sure. A matter of fact, we have them all the time. And, you know, they range in size from really, really small to not so small anymore. And so we have a set of water outside the home that, um, should, you know, we have a partial collapse or a collapse of our home, we get out. Are we going to be okay? Can we have water? So this is this is kind of what we mean by staging for the event. So you're staging for the event that you think you're going to happen. Now, we also know, based on science and, and recorded history, that in many cases we're going to see um, where the um, you're going to get this thing that we now refer to as a dual event. A dual event is where, um, a hurricane is a prime example for a dual event. A dual event, you have flooding, high winds, possibly rain, uh, a lot of rain. Um, um, sometimes I've heard uh, tornadoes kick up hail beforehand or afterwards. Um, that would be a dual event. So you get hail damage, and then you can turn around and get hit with a potential tornado so again these are all things that we're thinking of when we talk about prepping for the event is it going to happen mm, probably not you know unless you're in hur- in the hurricane areas in which case yeah it's probably going to happen um preparing for nuclear war probably not something that you got to put a whole lot of thought into yes it can happen yes it's pretty high probability, uh, based on something going on over, uh, seas right now, but, um, yeah, no, I'm just not putting any time into it, um, I'm going to put time into, uh, earthquakes, Uh, that's going to be my major one, and in my case, a volcanic eruption would be next on my list, um, blizzard, um, right there, close with volcanic, uh, probably actually, maybe even in front of, uh, you know, heavy duty storms, things of that nature. Flooding, not so much. I'm a little bit higher in elevation here at my house, so I'm not too worried about flooding. Um, and so, again, I'm prepared for what I think is most probably going to happen from a, what do I need to be prepared for perspective. Okay. So that's what I mean by dual events and being prepared for those dual events um you know for those of you who live in hurricane country, you know putting your water higher up in the home uh putting your preps, maybe even put them in the attic as well. I don't know um again, I'm not telling you how to prep I'm telling you, I'm just hopefully giving you some ideas as to what to think of when you are getting prepared. And that's, that's my hope anyway. So talk about getting lost uh, out in the middle of the desert somewhere. What's your biggest thing that you're going to have to concern yourself with? Water. Um, Water, nutrition, health. You want to make sure you stay healthy and not, you, you don't take any unnecessary risks. This is what usually gets people in trouble when they're out and about. Almost almost all the time so um all of these factors are going to kind of come to play when it comes to dealing with water um i know i just heard in the news the other day where the lower 48 is going to be in drought uh for the summer what is this 22 summer of 22 um and they're they're down man they're hurting and it's already fire season um fire season here in Alaska. We've already got a couple fires burning, uh, forest fires. And so um, these are things that you need to think about. Okay. I'm pretty much in central town. So I, while I may get a lot of smoke, I may have to do some ventilation stuff, thinking of the airway, right? Going back to the breathing thing, may have to do that. But for the most part, I don't have to worry about actually fighting fires in my backyard. So some of you might have to, in which case that's exertion. You're going to get sweaty. You're going to probably get dehydration. So think about your water. Um, Think about your source. Think about making sure you've got stuff stored to fight that uh, that dehydration. Not as much fight to fire as you're fighting the dehydration that's going to be the real the big key there so big part um other than that i i really again you know talking about the prep and prepping for again prepping for the event that's going to be big um because you know what good are your preps if if they're you know under 12 feet of water right so those are things that you want to think about um, when when uh, doing this. So you want to be prepared for the event that you're you're most likely going to face. Now, again, in my world, I've got like the top six. I'm prepared. Generally, I mean, generally is in basically, I'm prepared for. The bottom three. But I'm really prepared for the top three. You know what I mean? I got more supplies. More resources are dedicated to those three. Because they're pretty likely going to happen. At some point in either the future or the immediate future. So those are the three I'm going to focus all my resources on. The last three um, are... I'm still prepped for... Because I'm prepped for this top three, right? So I've made my list. What's the most probable? What's the most unlikely? And kind of work backwards from those and uh, dedicate my resources to the ones I think are going to happen. And then see how much of those resources trickle down to the other ones. And so that'll be uh, uh, the real kick in the, you know, kick in the prep. Um, to help you make sure you, you're successful and that uh, you can keep yourself and your family safe. Again, flood water is a no-no even if it's fresh because you have no idea what's in that water, um, really. And so definitely rule that out. Rule out salt water. We already ruled that out. So be cautious of what you're drinking. Um, it's, uh, it could be a matter of life and death, Uh, really good. So be safe, my friends, be healthy, drink water. As always, my friends, I am honored and I am humbled that you have chosen to spend this time listening to me. I deeply appreciate each and every one of you with the confidence for successful survival. We mentioned it before, and we will certainly say it again, that survival is a 90% mental task, but that 10% of physical resources is critically important. By having the confidence and discipline, we can and we will survive. There it is. is a path through the chaos that natural and man-made disasters will introduce into our lives, most often with little or no warning. Hopefully, today we applied the, the super superpower of common sense to most of your basics of survival needs. When having to contend with Mother Nature changing her mind, or, I don't want to don't do it. By having plans and being prepared, we elevate our chances to not only survive, but kick, kick these bitch to the, the curb, ensuring that our families and friends are safe and secure throughout an ordeal of recovering from a disaster. Be sure to keep the old podcast dial set right here as we'll be back next week with a brand new topic and hopefully some more great ideas to further the mission of keeping everyone safe, healthy, and secure. Peace. Uh, This is Echo 09. We have hostiles moving in. This has been a podcast by Alaska Outlaw Productions.